Welcome to Stream Detroit, the big digital thinker series. I'm Mike McClintock with Brad Fox. Um, our guest today is Kevin Smith of 360 Brand Machine. Welcome. Thanks, Thanks for having me, Dan. Thanks for coming on. It's uh, it's Monday night football night. There's a bunch of Jets and Bills fans running around downtown, so you have to beware. But as I was coming down to the uh, our luscious, uh, beautiful studio here, I pulled up to some uh, Bills fans on the sidewalk, and I rolled down the window, and I started screaming, J-E-T-S! Jets, Jets, Jets. And then I had to say I was sorry. I was like, I, I don't even know why I did that. I'm not even a Jets fan. Well, one thing will, for certain, uh, the Lions will not lose tonight. So that's, we have that's that. a guarantee. Yep. Yep. Guaranteed. They probably will have to carry uh, Jim Schwartz off the field again. So I think we should probably treat this as a, uh, as a Jets home game just because of that. So, I agree. Yep. So we're in, we're in a new studio today. We got moved out of, uh, out of uh, Studio 3A up to uh, Studio 4F. So uh, we got some nice uh, digs behind us. That's the that's the David Whitney building. In case anybody was wondering what it looks like, although it's a little bit dark right now, um, but you won't hear any. Uh, the, the at least stopped uh, working on the uh, construction because it's dark outside. So we don't have the construction noise for this particular broadcast, uh, but apparently we do have some toilet flushing sounds in the ceiling. So bear with us on that one. Maybe that's the sound of Jim Schwartz. It could be some some kind of a flush going on there. So, well, welcome, Kevin. Why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, 360 Brand Machine? Yeah, sure. So uh, back in about 2008 during Carmageddon, um, I decided I wanted to try something new, and mm -hmm. it was sort of uh, driven by necessity because there wasn't a whole lot uh, happening in the ad business at the time. Um, so I kind of looked at the landscape and had been in the advertising and branding business, in fact, working with brand, uh, Brad. Uh, for a few years uh, over on the, the Ford business, but I uh, just decided, you know, uh, the ad game had changed a little bit. I saw some opportunities out there to do things a little bit differently. And uh, so kind of positioned what we do. I actually started not one, but two companies. Brand Machine uh, is a brand consultancy. Uh, we're in the brand solutions business and also started mm -hmm. another LLC by the name of Virtual Voice, and uh, which is a proprietary software tool that we built in the crowdsourcing and co-design space. So I'd like to share that with you tonight. Crowdsourcing so. and co-design. Yeah, yeah. So um, you know, some of the, the trends that you see happening in marketing right now is uh, before, you know, it used to be pretty much a pull, a push business. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, what we're seeing happening now is more, you know, buzzwords like collaborative marketing, uh, participatory marketing, interactive marketing. And so uh, we just thought it was, kind of the right time to build some tools around those lines um, and actually allow consumers to cross the red velvet rope of you know car design and mm -hmm. and uh, obviously that had been a passion point of mine uh, both Brad and I have worked uh, upstream uh, in that space trying to understand customer needs and wants the voice of the customer and the mm -hmm. like so uh, virtual voice was sort of born out of that as uh, a little bit different uh, and more interactive process uh, to do that, so. And when when you say co-design, what do you mean by that? You can yeah. co-design. Do you get to design your own? Right. So you know, a lot of if you look at how cars have been designed in this town since like forever, it's been pretty much sort of a a one-way process. Mm -hmm. You know, we're gonna we're gonna make the cars, and uh, we'll do some research clinics and the like, and and ultimately, you know, we'll we'll bring them to market. And so what we're seeing though is uh, if you look at some of the trends that are happening today, you've got consumers that are generating content like mm -hmm. 
you know, Dorito Super Bowl ads that are produced for, you know, a couple hundred bucks on a handy cam and actually score as well as, uh, you know, very expensive, highly uh, produced ads. Right. Um, and so the technology exists to do that now, but really what we're about is, is sort of engaging fur further upstream in what has been called the fuzzy front end of design. Uh, where a lot of time is being spent on concept and, and there's a huge opportunity to sort of short the process of getting consumer insights and understanding what works mm -hmm. and sometimes even more importantly what doesn't work um, from a consumer perspective because what you really find out is um, not everybody knows how to design, but everybody has a pretty good sense of what they like and what they don't like. Right. You know, we in, all know how to design. design. Come on. That's right. We're all car designers. We've been drawn since we were kids. Yep. Yeah, and therein lies part of the problem, right? Because, you know, I would imagine that you've probably run into some of that resistance from maybe the traditional design community, meaning if you're enabling consumers to provide feedback quicker, which is a huge, which is, which is a big game changer, right? Because, I mean, Kevin and I have probably attended many a focus group where, you know, you test a couple of design themes. So, you know, if you're doing the next generation Ford Taurus, for example, you might say, here's a square one, here's a round one, and here's one in between, and then clinic it in New York, Chicago, LA, and Miami. Round ones. Uh, round ones. Round ones win the day. Um, but that feedback loop takes, first of all, it's a lot of different clinics, it's a lot of travel, a lot of time travel. Time travel? Mm hmm. Time travel. It comes Maybe. up a lot on this show. Yes, time every, travel. Uh, it's like, yeah, it has something to do with end lasers. Mm -hmm. um, but there's a lot of time involved, right? And and getting that feedback from the consumers, you have to tally all the research. You're paying a research company a lot of money to sit behind the two-way mirror. So I imagine this is a huge, uh, not only speed, it speeds up that process, but you, at the same time, you might be kind of bruising the ego, if you will, of kind of that traditional designer who's saying, wait a minute, I'm the designer, not the consumer. Right. Yeah, so we've, um, we've experienced a little pushback from, um, more so I think on the designer side of the business, but, um, at least originally, and maybe more from a traditional designer perspective. And I think the big joke and the big fear is, uh, you know, that, that this kind of process lends itself to designing a Homer Simpson mobile, right? Uh, if we let consumers run amok and do different things with, uh, with design elements that we're going to end up with a mess. Um, but, uh, but what we've really found out is um, people that are more comfortable with digital solutions Mm -hmm. uh, in fact, when we rolled this out at Pebble Beach, uh, we had a lot of support from younger designers saying, I love this because I can find out immediately what resonates with consumers and what doesn't, and it can actually help me as a tool to push maybe some things that are edgier designs that might be mm. sort of... Um, to get um, some backup data that says, yeah, yeah it's all fins. It's, it works, right? Um, instead, of you get, instead of, historically, you get that argument of, you know, well, I think, like two designers or two different schools right. of thought. So you got to run it say, through the whole process first. Right, well, isn't it? Maybe, maybe all the good, others, right? maybe the good right. ideas get filtered out before. Right, and, and again, uh, and people are passionate about this stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you can take areas like this or fashion or whatever, mm -hmm. you can say, hey, we want to invite you in. We want to make it inclusive, right? right? Uh, the technology allows people really to do that. And That's the two-way conversation too that everybody says that they want to have. Exactly. They want to have that conversation with the with the brand, for lack of a better term. But sure. they want it. They want it. They want to be participatory. Yeah, especially in the enthusiast communities, right? Like you know, oh, Ford, Ford just launched yeah. a new Shelby and uh, right uh, DLA Auto Show. I mean, those people are just you know rabid fans and they just want to share their opinions about what they know and, and yep. like. And uh, so we first rolled this tool out at uh, Pebble Beach. Um, 
as well, a solution. You rolled it out at Pebble Beach, like on the golf course? Like, yeah. Um, so, so how does so that a huge, work? There's a huge car show uh, that's done in, it's one of the biggest in the world, actually, um, the Pebble, Pebble Beach Concours de Elegance. Uh -huh. I should back that up, too. Um, mm -hmm. The whole beta phase before this, right? So we spent, you know, a year and a half just trying to figure out, well, we think we have a pretty decent concept here. There are different digital tools, mm -hmm. ways that we can play with virtual reality and whatnot, but in right. the end, does it work, right? So we started out with a Mustang. We said, you know what, what if we gave people the chance to do this next generation Mustang? If we could, you know, just uh, query a bunch of, you know, different, uh, you know, older people, uh, younger people, men and women, to get their insights on what this future car should be. So. Um, Mustangs been playing the Heritage Guard for a while. Should they wholesale go in a different direction or whatnot? And so people were very passionate about this, and we, we found some things, some cues on this car that you should just you know never violate. Um, and we actually used this participatory mm -hmm. uh, group to help us sketch a next generation Mustang. We then uh, put it in a finished 2D model, and then actually moved it into 3D. Uh, where we could actually manipulate things in different ways as well. Um, so that was part of the early phase. We also did something where we did an embedded widget experience on a blog called Allpar, where we engaged some uh, very enthusiastic Gen Y uh, cohort to help us understand the future direction of um, what a compact sport car should be. Uh, that was interesting as well. And we actually got a lot of noise when we pulled it down. They're like, dude, you know, why'd you take this down? Because we love this process of co-creating, right. co-designing, right? What's it look like? I mean, um, gonna, yeah. So, is it an app? Or, I mean, it's yeah. Like, so it's okay. an app, and uh, you know, I can start you got, out and oh, show you, you show uh, the magic of the internet. Right. So this is our latest version that was kind of born out of the original um, activation that we had at, at Pebble Beach with Lincoln, and uh, we're calling the Sketch Sketchpad 2.0. And what we did to get to this point is we got some feedback uh, from some of the clients that said, you know what, we'd like this to be even more interactive in the future, and we'd also like to um, see it with a social share component to it, right? So, so what we did is we said, okay, we, we brought designers in and we said, guys, look, if we could help you with a tool for designing cars, what would it be? And basically we came back with a two-step process, right? So. Uh, they said the first thing you need to understand are stance and proportions on the vehicle, right? Like, what does the greenhouse area look like? Um, you know, what are the shoulders of the vehicle and such? And so, what this does is is it really helps us to get to. <laughs> there we go. It, it helps us get to an idea of what the, the possibilities are in terms of you know, side gestures to the vehicle. Is it something like that? This is the roof line. Uh, as far as is it this kind of. Um, you know, sort of uh, shoulder treatment uh, and whatnot. You know, there, is there a rolls Royce-esque or something? Exactly. Is it more edgy? Is it a more rounded form? And then we can start getting into, you know, what is the front end as we start to move into a graphics orientation of the vehicle? What does that look like? Um, so we can do almost a limitless combination uh, just to try to figure out the, the general uh, proportions of the vehicle and then of course, there's a social share piece to this as well. And all the time you're gathering this information, right? So That's exactly right. So the big aha behind this is that we're engaging consumers on the front end with the interface, but on the back end, uh, we're also getting a lot of rich uh, research insights. For design. You can tell which ones they're looking at and blowing right past. 
And yeah, exactly. Almost like, hmm, you got like times on there. You can almost look at it and say, oh, they started that for a while. And Absolutely. You know how long that, uh, you know, people will soak on it. And, and we really had some great experiences at Pebble where people would actually dive into these things for a few minutes and then want to go back in. And that's, mm-hmm. that's huge. You want it to be You get another idea and you got to come back. Yeah. Right? Yep. And so there's a second phase to this as well. So that's the first phase of, uh, you know, just trying to understand the, mm-hmm. the stance and proportions of the vehicle. Um, and so it's both a technology, but it's also a method, patent pending on this, that um, what we're doing is we're, we're trying to uh, engage consumers both quantitatively as well as qualitatively. And it's more about just doing research, but it's also creating things with consumers, right? So you get people that are passionate about anything, fashion, cars, whatever, uh, they love this opportunity to do this. Um, on this opening screen, we have some basic CRM data, uh, fill it out and, and complete it. But again, CRM is customer relationship management, meaning uh, consumer data, basically in for personal information that they're willing to, consumers are opting in to share, not you're taking from them. That's exactly right. That's to. exactly right. So. Uh, and in, so in this case, well, once we figured out the stance and proportions of the vehicle, and in fact, we may have had another session just to engage consumers after the fact to say, okay, we've tweaked this out a little bit, and uh, what do you think? Do you like this? Um, so qualitative feedback from what we've generated with our design team. So it's quantitative and qualitative. Exactly. So now we're saying, okay, as far as uh, a gesture for a grill treatment, uh, would you like something that's more traditional and horizontal um, like this, or might it be something more, a little bit more advanced with a vertical headlight treatment like that. And then, you know, once we move into the balance area of the car, we can say is it something that looks like that, or in fact, something that looks like this. Uh, the lower body treatment of the vehicle, we can explore all sorts of different ranges. Of course, the wheels are easy. But, uh, and again, there's a social share component that we can share this out to social media. So, so you're saying, hey, look at this car I just designed. It'll exactly. be in showrooms next week. Yep, okay. some design yours, you know. So um, there's also there's some bragging going on, meaning like, hey, mine's cooler than yours, that kind of a thing. But in the meantime, you're creating dialogue, which I think is really valuable to the marketer, yep. whether it's Ford or Lincoln or somebody else, where you're getting this you're getting this feedback and kind of people sharing mine's better than yours. And, and meanwhile, it's um, uh, I think it's a great feedback tool. So, so we've used this to, um, as a research tool, but we've also used it as a branded content device. Mm-hmm. And I think the big surprise that, that our client Lincoln experienced uh, at Pebble Beach was we told them, you know, this is kind of a very transformational type moment for your brand because uh, people are going to be very interested in you taking a lead role in crowdsourcing and co-design. Mm-hmm. And in fact, um, based on some of the analytics uh, that we looked at, we delivered four million media impressions for like next to nothing of a, a PR budget. So two things, we created some very interesting uh, design concepts. In fact, we landed at three retro futurist inspired uh, design concepts, engaging with these Pebble Beach enthusiasts through this process, but also created a ton of buzz for the brand at the same time because it's different and uh, mm-hmm. was newsworthy. So, and, and also Lincoln at the, at the same time is kind of going through, they've just, uh, the, for the parent company, just invested, I think the number was like five billion, five billion, yeah. five billion dollars in the Lincoln brand because it's been troubled over the last couple of years. Yep. So they've had this infusion of, you know, a big, a big time capital to help mm-hmm. change things at Lincoln because they've been kind of going uh, downhill this, for a while. Is this skew younger? Is this a lot of millennial and, and engagement? It can be whatever, um, and in fact, we've we've looked at actually partnering with different uh, different media partners in terms mm-hmm. of uh, that is a great way to kind of control the community and the demographics. Actually, mm-hmm. 
Um, the next one that I can show you is something that we did with Ford Motor Company more recently uh, with more of a Gen Y um, cohort. So um, I would argue that the, this first uh, endeavor that we did with, with Lincoln at Pebble Beach tended to skew more older mm. because generally speaking that's uh, who attends so they that really event. they really got into it though so oh yeah you know again it's a tougher demographic cars, to get to engage if you can get that demographic to engage oh yeah and, and some of the anecdotes that come out the passion that they have uh, for old cars and you know the Lincoln brand the Cadillac brand and and wanting them to see them do well and to see some of these great cues, you know, from mm -hmm. like the 40s Zephyr, the 50s Mark II, and the, the, the 61 Entourage, uh, you know, Kennedy Continental, uh, those kinds of things. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun for them. So what skews uh, more Gen X? Is that a different, a different app or something? Or? Well, um, I think what we, we'd show you on the next one would be um, what we did with um, the Comic-Con event mm -hmm. uh, is an activation and actually um, another industry first activation that we did with the Gawker uh, media blogs. Uh, okay. You might be familiar with uh, Jalopnik, io9, mm -hmm. Gizmodo. Um, they're interested in, in this was to say, hey, you know what, let's engage our blog community to use the app to develop a next generation uh, superhero car, which was really kind of interesting. So. Uh, we had yeah, that we need. It was, and and you know, if you're again, these these folks are really interested in in doing the whole uh, you know, cosplay kind of thing, and and you know, trying to take these superhero icons and marry that to the Ford Fiesta launch uh, okay. as an activity was was what we did there. But this would be uh, demographically agnostic, if you will, right? Because Absolutely. it could be it could apply to an older crowd, and you could distribute this, if you will, at a, an event or mm -hmm. medium like an um, older skewing TV show, not TV show, but magazine or event uh, or website. Similarly, with what you've done with uh, Fiesta, you could you know just cater it to a younger audience, whether it's Gen X, Gen Y, Millennials, etc. Absolutely. And we've also looked at this. Um, stay tuned for a couple activations that, that we're looking for. Um, there's a huge move to the, the whole STEM thing, right, with, with education and a great deal of interest in terms of bringing kids under the tent and kind of understanding uh, digital tools and how design works. And so we're, we're looking at a couple different opportunities in that space and actually uh, helping designers share, you know, their story of how they design cars. And so in this way, it's an ally again to, to the design community to say, look, this is how we do our craft. And engaging kids to uh, be able to create their own uh, designs as well. So, so that's, that's a great product. I mean, that's a good platform. So are you are you more of a product company or more of a services or branding or, or yeah, both I, or all of the above or I'd kind of say we're all about all of the above. Um, we do traditional brand and design consulting with mm -hmm. um, 360 Brand Machine. We're on the virtual voice side. So this is virtual voice right, products. And, and so some of um, there's certainly product consulting that can come out of this tool, um, branded content mm -hmm. creation that, that come out of this tool, and certainly research analytics on the back end. Um, so. Yeah, it's kind of a hybrid product, and mm -hmm. uh, in, in Canada, it's kind of a challenge for some people because I think we're all sort of trained to uh, be in swim lane thinking, right? And in fact, one researcher came back and said, well, it almost does too much, you know? Mm -hmm. um, Darn, so, this army dump truck. Yeah, so, uh, but but that's sort of, of how we've used it so far, and you know, so yeah, kind of checks different boxes. 
What kind of branding types of things have you been working on? More recently, uh, some some project work with the city of Detroit. Mm. And uh, we so like that on Stream Detroit. The whole city of Detroit, everybody's very you know passionate about the comeback of the mm -hmm. city and emerging out of out of bankruptcy and, and whatnot. Huge opportunities just as you look down Woodward here tonight, you know, the city's, you know, all decorated and you know, just it's it's really amazing to be down here. So one of the things that we've been proud to um, to collaborate on with uh, Brand Machine uh, is some of the agency effort downtown uh, to rebrand the city and talk about some of the the great things that are that are happening. And you know, of course, you sound like a homer when you talk about it, but it's just really refreshing to see the culture of governance and change and positive culture of governance happening in the city. Mm -hmm. you know? um, it's not just. Uh, you know, some slogan I think that the city wants to trot out, but I think there's there's been a lot of good work done by uh, the mayor's office and a lot of rock stars mm -hmm. uh, that he's brought in. Um, in the mayor's little, office? In the mayor's office, yes. Um, we also have um, the Bram Machine blog, which I'd invite everybody to check out, but I, I wrote a, uh, a blog on, on the city and some of the things that are happening and just amazing the amount of support that everybody downtown has um, everybody wanting to see you know this comeback happen and, and it truly is happening uh, and I think to the mayor's credit um, you know some of the, the comeback effort unlike days past is not just happening in the core central business district here mm -hmm. um, it's actually starting out with with real progress in the neighborhoods right um, there's a lot of good work being done you can see a corporate sort of mindset mm -hmm. in, in the mayor and his turnaround efforts and sort of how he just runs a staff meeting um, using analytics to you know emergency response times mm -hmm. you know where were we where are we um, where do we need to go that where we need to go, go exactly they and, seem to know. have been able to put some lights up yes uh, huge progress made just with street lights you know mm -hmm. I mean these these are baby steps. I mean, they're, they're fixing the roads and whatnot, but mm -hmm. it's progress. Yep. And um, I think it's starting to get some national traction. Yep. And people are really talking positively about some of the good things happening. I mean, Detroit's getting kind of hip. Yeah. yeah, it's, it's oh, also, yeah. yes, Detroit's the new Brooklyn. Yeah. It's, it's the it's, new orange. It's also refreshing in the national media to see pieces from like uh, New York Times talking about restaurants. There was a recent piece mm -hmm. in the New York Times about some of the restaurants that are popping up in Detroit. And Can't even keep up with them. Right. And and it's typically when you when there's a national news piece on the city of Detroit, it's always, you know, the classic, you know, train depot, other ruin porn throughout the city. And, mm -hmm. and to be fair, there's still a lot of it. But there's also this other thing that's going on in the city of Detroit that's mm -hmm. not just to your point. There's about, not that much ruin porn anymore. I mean, aside from a couple of obvious ones like the Packard plant and the train station there really isn't that much I mean you could come in here and make it look like that but I mean there's really not a whole lot of ruin porn around anymore it's all under construction it's Dude, all under rehab it's I all being something's being done with everything exactly and I think I don't know if there's any place else in the country right now where you can see sort of like a big bang of stuff that was really rough Mm -hmm. That is suddenly, I mean, we went out to lunch the other day and just walking down Woodward just to see things being rehabbed. I mean, it's just, yeah. it's really interesting if you're into that. I mean, just yeah. seeing a turnaround. There's more construction here, here than there was in Chicago in the 90s. I mean, you can't even, there's more under construction that isn't under construction. It's like, 
Absolutely. Everywhere you go down here is, is construction. There's huge energy and more news now that the Chinese are bidding up properties. And mm -hmm. so that's, that's great. If you look down, you know, the street over here at lunchtime, it looks like, you know, they're building the Empire State Building or something. There's just like lunch buckets and hard hats lined up all down the block just having lunch. I mean, there's just thousands of construction workers down here yeah, working, absolutely. making it happen. It's great to see. Mm -hmm. So um, there's, there's a, a lot of positive energy and, um, and we're doing some interesting things with uh, another nameplate launch for a, a major car maker. So uh, it's fun. I mean, there's, there seems to be a new openness to collaboration, which is also interesting um, with, with different agencies in town and, mm -hmm. and whatnot. And uh, it's great to see some of these open workspaces opening up and doing the kind of things that, that you guys are doing. Down here at Grand Circus. Yep. Grand Circus and Bamboo, shout out. Yeah, yeah, just three years ago, this place was this was a boarded up building. I mean, just right. three years ago, and you know, this has been open for a little bit over a year now. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, just this whole Madison block, um, John Barbados, fashion designer, he's mm -hmm. moving right down the block. Two restaurants within the last couple of months have opened up, so. Yep. It's all cool too, because it's all like local small business too. It's not like it's a bunch of big ticket retailers. You know, it's not like there's, you know, Starbucks and Walmart down here, it's all, you know, small, real business that could that can grow. So, unique stuff. Absolutely. Perfect place for people who enjoy a real challenge. The perfect place for people who enjoy a real challenge. You should tweet that. Now there you go. There's there's a theme line right there. And a hashtag. Yeah. So this is a, a bit of a more recent activation that, that we've done uh, with our partners over at Ford, as well as uh, Team Detroit and Tiny Toy Car. Uh, the mission critical challenge is how do you engage uh, these folks that that love Comic-Con, love superheroes and whatnot, and how do you build buzz for the relaunch of, of the Ford Fiesta? And so we use Virtual Voice as the platform here to and, and actually reached out to a Hot Wheels designer to have some fun with this mm. car and um, actually had a great deal of success with this. We had uh, Ford issued a press release on this. We had over 24,000 engagements on uh, the platform uh, in under 24 hours. And so similarly, it works kind of same way. Uh, you can see these different sort of superhero expressions uh, that, that uh, we can control here. Um, and again, this could be a, a limitless combination of, of different looks to this vehicle. And the consumers can, you know, kind of pick their favorite, like with some of the other, other applications, consumers can kind of pick their favorite. Here's the one I designed, check it out, share it out to all their social network folks and so, and so forth, right? That's exactly right. And again, this is a sort of uh, industry first too, because um, Gawker Media, they were very, very pleased with how this worked out because it gave mm -hmm. their blog role folks uh, something interactive and dynamic uh, to engage with. And, um, Create a lot of buzz for them. Um, very Top 20 design. Cost affordably. And, and the insight, the big aha behind this is if you were a car maker, say you wanted to explore a freshening or a aftermarket package or whatever, or if you were a car a toy company, mm -hmm. um, and we are, by the way, looking outside of the automotive realm and into potentially consumer durables and fashion for this. but. The back end of, of the tool gave us a lot of good insights in terms of what really resonated out of the thousands of different combinations that could have emerged on this vehicle. Uh, four very clear themes um, were available in real-time analytics to understand, you know what, these are the ones that really seem to be resonating with consumers because they're building stuff that they like. So out of this 
tens of thousands of possible combinations for started to emerge yep, really absolutely and uh, and again it's available in in real time and uh, we've got some support from an OEM uh, that want to you know tie this tool to some of auto show activity potentially mm -hmm. to to engage consumers and kind of understand you know what resonates in real time so it's really this simple. wasn't at Pebble Beach this no was, no this <laughs> wouldn't that be fun though probably yeah <laughs> that'd be wacky right that would be wacky what is this thing? <laughs> Looks like a superhero. Yeah. So, um, so again, we we took this and we put it as an embedded widget mm -hmm. inside one of the, the uh, Kinja uh, blog roll on Jalopnik, okay. uh, IO9, and Gizmodo, and uh, so it, and it was you know, build and share and and uh, a lot of fun. But you could also take some. Is the uh, one of the ideas to take this potentially to your point about auto shows and maybe get feedback? Could this be like at a wheel stand at an auto show? Absolutely. Where you could ha you know either have somebody roving around some of the people who are um, you know the models. I guess that, that's probably not the proper term, is it? The, presenters. The presenters. Thank you. Product specialists. Product specialists. Yes. They could be walking around and say, "Hey, would you fill this out?" So a quick way to get feedback at an auto show if you're doing a concept to get that give that feedback or mm -hmm. potentially to create new concepts for for the next show or whatever. That's absolutely right, and um, if you really think about it, we, we've looked at how much time that this could take out of the conventional vehicle development process, and even something, a different way to do a SEMA car, for instance, which mm, is... Yeah, that's what yeah, I was thinking. That's you know, like... if, if you wanted to let the crowd um, actually play a role in designing a vehicle, which mm -hmm. of course they'd love to do, say, you know what, I had a hand in, in doing that, a tool like this makes a great deal of sense, and, and it could be a lot, a lot of fun for them to do it, so... So yeah, certainly that. Um, there are a lot of different things that you know, we've looked at in terms of uh, doing virtual concept cars. Um, you know, concept cars are really dreams, right? And uh, you don't necessarily need to build them. It's not like somebody's really going to buy them unless they're auctioned off or whatever. But you could, you know, create these and actually present them in a lot of different ways using a lot of interesting emerging technology like Oculus Rift, like different ways of projecting things and whatnot that uh, also kind of make it rather interesting mm -hmm. it's all augmented reality now it is it's all and fake. lasers it's all fake seems like it's you know there's there's a little bit to it when you're going to build a platform like that um, how do you you know obviously it takes a lot of money it takes a lot of effort how do, how do you how do you build a platform like that how do you get it funded How's that yeah work? uh well i think originally that you know you have to have a passion for something mm -hmm. and um you know, you, you have to you have to get a good team together uh, for sure. And I had an idea, and uh, part of that was taking an idea because my gosh, I didn't know a whole much much of anything about software development. But mm -hmm. uh, there are people out there that do. Uh, so I connected with some partners that uh, that, that were developers, um, and also a very successful guy who had launched a software company and sold it. Mm -hmm. Uh, as an advisor, and uh, we basically bootstrapped the whole. You bootstrapped thing. that. We did, and uh, you know. Uh, was it as polished as as it is now, or did no? That, you know, no. Or was so, it like in a wooden box with like stick figures and a, yeah, a Skywalker's steampunky, right? Right. Um, so you know, when we first we first did Pebble, we we knew we had a, a platform that worked, and you know, from the couple of betas that we had done. We've gotten progressively better, right? mm -hmm. and it's taken time. And where'd you show the betas to? Yeah, so way? so we we got a group of car enthusiasts together on a couple occasions, and we said, look, here's kind of the idea that you know we have, and 
and uh, you know we've got this platform that you can interact with. Mm -hmm. um, we embedded it uh, on a blog to to let them engage with, um, and we made it much better, obviously, for the client activation at Pebble Beach, and have made it better since. A um, lot of lessons learned along the way, right? I mean, patience mm -hmm. and um, you know the the expense of you know doing the patent work. You know, I mean, I've got a patent attorney that's uh, extremely expensive. Mm. I don't like him to call me. Mm -hmm. um, Email because the, meter, the meters running. Yeah, the right? meters running all the time. Um, so so there's that, and uh, you know it's a it's a lot of dog and pony show. You know, going out and selling you know some new approach that is kind of transformational. And uh, so, but it's it's really been interesting, you know, and it's it's really kind of cool going to a new place, and and doing something that you're very passionate about. So, yeah. so you're bootstrapping that, and yep. you're making you're making a couple of different betas, and you think you got something. I mean, but if at some point, you know, you got to be, you know, you're waiting before you put this thing together with with Pebble Beach and Lincoln. You know, how do you get through the slog before that? I mean, yeah, is it just blind faith or yeah you how much know, of it is luck how much of it i i think the thing that that kept kept us going on this is that when people go you know that's cool you know mm -hmm. and, and that's kind of a good idea and you keep hearing that and it's uh it keeps you motivated mm -hmm. and it keeps you hungry and it keeps the group together uh which we've been able to do uh we have six people as part of the virtual voice llc um and they've been great is that a bootstrapped collaboration it is right, and we all have you know different expertise um, and bring you know something a little bit different. So you didn't really outsource this to anything. No, you, you this is like you're okay. Here's the team we're in. That's right, and everybody's uh, got this is all sweat equity bootstrapped. It is, it is, and uh, yeah, a lot of time against this, a uh, lot of patience and, and careful development, mm -hmm. and yeah, and and so it's been good. And right now we're looking at pushing it into different spaces. Um, I don't know if I mentioned, but maybe you know potentially fashion, mm -hmm. consumer durables, um, things of that nature. Could you do a wristwatch with this? Uh, we'll see. You know, things or even residential nature. homes. Oh, that, that might For be. sure. Yeah, you know, do you know virtual floor plans with people and and see how those resonate with different folks. Right. Do they, do they so. want the shutters or the brick or the you know the clapboard on the outside? That kind of thing. I think there could be some applications there for sure. Sure. And we're open for business. <laughs> so. Yes, shameless hockey. So anything. Plug. <laughs> so it's not just consumer goods and non-consumer goods. Right. No. Anything. If you <laughs> dream it, we can build it. So. Okay. Yeah. All right. Anything else you want to talk about? No, while I just we're really here? appreciate having you guys uh, have me down. Okay. And, uh, it was a lot of fun. Great. So, Thanks for coming on board. We, uh, I think we should go get a drink and go see the Jets and the Bills. Right on. Okay. Thanks for coming. I appreciate pleasure. it. Yep. Thanks, Kevin. Okay. Good to see you again. You bet.